about? Today we're going to be talking about <laughs> um, we're going to talk about chronic wounds and venous ulcers specifically. But before we get into that, um, Candy, you it's been a while since you've been on our program. Yes. And so just uh, if you will, please introduce yourself to our audience and kind of tell us about your background, where you went to school, how you got into medicine, and quite frankly, how you got into wound care, because that is kind of a unique specialty. Yes. And then why <laughs> ultimately you choose to work at Phelps Health? Well... I grew up in Rolla. Mm -hmm. I graduated high school here in 1995. Um, I love Rolla. My family lives here. My whole, you know, every everybody in my family is here. And certainly that's why I stay. That's the big draw. Um, I uh, went to Mizzou for my undergraduate, graduated with my nursing degree in 1999. And then I traveled a, bu a bit with my... Um, Ex-husband was military, so I got a lot of experience just traveling and working at different hospitals, which was great. And I came back here about, I think, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got my master's degree, and that was uh, about four or five years ago. And then I've been working in the wound clinic since I came back. I think it was in 2011. So it's been like 10, 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then um, been working in the wound clinic ever since. And I absolutely love it. I worked in a previous wound clinic before. Um, when we were stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base. So I worked in Sedalia's wound clinic up there. I loved it. I got into wound care specifically, um, most likely due to my mom. Um, she was, she had some issues. She was in the hospital. She, you know, had an open wound. Um, I was a teenager at the time and I, we were kind of in and out of the hospital with her and um, I really, really, I thought it was super cool. You know, oh wow, that's cool. The doctor at the time, when they did a, a new surgery, he let me take her staples out. I think I was probably about 17. And he's like, do you, uh, do you want to uh, take the staples out? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> Hand me that. That's when I would have passed out on the floor. <laughs> I think my mom might be listening. She'd had a lot of morphine, and I don't know that she remembers this. But um, he did let me take the staples out. I grabbed some gloves, you know, washed my hands, did all the things. And he was like, here, try this. And I'm like, Ooh. And then after that, I was pretty much hooked. hooked. This is so cool. I want to be so smart like these people. I want to go to school and do this. This is pretty cool. So what is a comprehensive wound center? What does that even mean? So the comprehensive part to us, so we do ostomy care as well. We do wound care. We do ostomy care. We see patients for any kind of like open wound or any ostomy situation that they have. And the comprehensive part to me means that we have a wide range of things that we can do. We do biologics. And by that, I mean like there are all kinds of treatments out there from using baby foreskin to using placenta. I mean, there are tons of things that you can do for chronic wounds. Um, we do pretty much gold standard of treatment for like venous ulcers, which we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about today with our Unaboot therapy. It's an inelastic compression, so the compression doesn't move. It's not elastic. We can get into why that is later. Mm -hmm. um, we do wound vacs. We do all kinds of different things along with ostomies and pouch placements and anytime anybody has any complications with ostomies. So what are chronic wounds? When you hear that term, what does that even mean? So chronic wounds and our definition of a chronic wound is if you have a wound and it has been there for more than three months, and that is kind of the... When you look at the research, that's what they say. Uh, when you get injured or you have a wound, it should heal 
in a normal pattern. Now that's actually in the literature. It's a normal pattern of healing should be about three months. If it resists that, then you have a chronic wound. So why do some wounds take longer to heal like that? I'm, it, yeah, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons. There is. <laughs> um, and we can sum it up to comorbid conditions. So um, wounds are affected by um, your internal you know, veins, especially mm-hmm. what we're talking about today. Diabetes. Um, we have patients with uh, rheumatological conditions, patients that have lung conditions, Lots of different chronic conditions can cause wounds to heal slower. And even medications can actually cause wounds to heal slower. So let's talk more specifically about venous ulcers. What are they? A venous ulcer. So when you have have high blood pressure in your veins, in your lower extremities, there can be a lot of different reasons for that. Um, The blood is stagnant and it stays in your veins, in your lower legs. Uh, That is a really difficult part when you're talking about gravity to get blood back up to your heart and lungs where it should be because anything below the knee is super affected by um, our valve system. And when you have high blood pressure down there, which can be, I mean, our causes of of that stuff um, can be all kinds of things from like smoking, pregnancy, obesity, varicose veins, any history of blood clots, especially if you've had a previous blockage or a trauma, then your blood can get backed up in there. And when it does that, it pools in your legs and it stagnates. It's called venous insufficiency or venous hypertension. So is it something that just kind of uh, uh, can be more prevalent with age? Because when you're talking about varicose veins and things like that, that typically seems to happen as you age. So Mm -hmm. do you get to a certain point where you need to start paying more attention to your body and looking for these types of places? Because I know I'm going to throw Lee under the bus for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Since Lee's a diabetic and he talks about that openly, I'm not sharing anything that he hasn't already shared. Um, He had a wound on the bottom of his foot. And that's often not something that people even pay much attention to. So how do you even know that some of these things could be happening? Typically with a venous type ulcer, they are, they can be painful, but a lot of them are relatively painless. And what you're going to have in the beginning is more of like a tightness, firmness in your legs and a heaviness. And anybody who's had like um, any kind of pressure buildup in there, varicosities, varicose veins, um, and uh, most people know what that is, Mm -hmm. um, will kind of understand that like heaviness that you feel. And it does actually go with aging. So it's typically more long-term. So the long-term result of chronic venous disease is an ulcer, but only a smaller percentage of that population will actually get to that. And typically what we, what I see in my clinic I even see this recently, and it's often trailer hitches and um, coffee tables or bed frames. Um, People with chronic venous disease, with that tightness and heaviness, um, it can have some discoloration um, between your ankle and your calf. And um, those people accidentally hit it on a coffee table or a trailer hitch, and they have this underlying chronic venous disease. And when you open a pathway, because you bumped it, scraped it, or something like that, and then it's when it doesn't heal. 
because of the chronic venous disease. It is a chronic venous ulcer, but typically it can start out as just a traumatic injury that anybody would get. And that is why a lot of people don't seek care for this because they think that it's just gonna go away. If it hasn't gone away in, I would say two to three months, you need to be talking to your primary care doctor about other options. So are we talking specifically about wounds that are open or are we talking more about just bruising and swelling? Bruising and swelling can come with it too, but what happens when you have a chronic venous disease underlying and that is affected and it is more of a later stage, that bruising and that swelling won't go away and eventually will open an ulcerable form. Okay. So what other signs might people have um, as far as like, because we talked about maybe some bruising or some discoloration. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about the swelling and heaviness. Uh, itching, is that something or yes. tingling or weird feelings? Itchy, thin skin, um, discoloration called hemosiderin stain. And it is right above the ankle, below the calf, and that's a specifically darkened area. And a lot of times also that um, itchiness, uh, if you scratch it, can also be a traumatic injury as well that will then develop into an ulcer. And that's called stasis dermatitis. It's a venous dermatitis. We see that pretty often with people too in earlier stages prior to getting an ulcer. So as far as what it, what does it look like? I, I, I'll be honest. I saw a couple pictures on here when I was researching on the, and I was like, <laughs> nope, I'm glad Candy can do this because I'm out. Yeah. And it kind of depends on the stage that you're in. The venous dermatitis, the traumatic injury, or even cellulitis and infection can happen too. But um, venous ulcers are really irregularly shaped. They are typically sh your skin surrounding that. It can be shiny, swollen. Um, if you start to get increased redness, pain, and swelling, that is an earlier sign of cellulitis. And then a fever would be a late sign of that. Okay. So what are some of the things that you can do? What are some of the evidence-based practices that you do in your clinic to care for these types of ulcers? Our evidence-based practice, obviously, especially like if you could start like at home, you know, keeping it clean, putting a bandage on it and seeing your primary care doctor if it hasn't healed with a regular bandage and cleanliness. Um, then when they come to our clinic, we do nearly always the gold standard of treatment uh, for venous insufficiency is inelastic compression and una boot. Una boots have been around since World War II. They uh, were invented by Dr. Una. Um, it is still the gold standard of treatment. It is inelastic compression. Um, inelastic compression, what I mean by that is it is almost like a cast material that we wrap from your toe all the way to your knee crease. The importance of wrapping it all the way to the top, and I get patients who are like, my ulcer is down here, why do you need to wrap it all the way up? Because your deep veins run inside your calf muscle. And if we trap your calf muscle against expansion, um, so we trap it in almost like a cast-like una boot, so it can't expand outward, it has to expand inward. And that is when we get our veins to get Im improved uh, every time they would then take a step, you're going to get better venous return because when your calf muscle tries to expand outward and it can't, it expands inward and affects those deep veins. And that's what creates venous return. So what else do you do? Is that pretty much just... That, that is, is, we always use an antimicrobial mm -hmm. because 
you know, if you're coming in with a venous ulcer, it's been over three months typically. Um, sometimes we've had people for 15 years they've had a wound, eight years they've had a wound, we even had one who had had an ulcer for over 40. Um, believe it or not. Oh my goodness. Yes. I know it's back and forth with these things. They are chronic. It is kind of a long-term kind of treatment. We're going to talk about, you know, how to prevent it too. Mm -hmm. But we do an antimicrobial. We want to kill bacteria. Mm -hmm. I often tell my patients bacteria is like towns. We have a lot of smaller towns around here. That's like the bacteria on our skin. We want to keep the populations low. Wound Wounds, typical good healthy wounds, have a bacterial population of like Rolla and infected ones of a population like St. Louis. So we want to reduce populations of wound and we, wound uh, bacteria. And so when we do that, we use an antimicrobial and there's tons of different uh, products on the market that we use that kill bacteria. So what do you do to care for this at home, a venous ulcer at home, what can you do? A venous ulcer at home, keep it clean, keep it moist and covered, elevate, um, wear compression stockings if you have them. If you don't have compression stockings, uh, talk to your doctor about compression stockings. Compression stockings you can get on Amazon even. Um, our, several of our pharmacies around here carry them. They're in stock. They'll even help you size. Um, they're excellent. All of our pharmacies around here are excellent at helping you uh, pick those out. Um, and we can always, always, um, you can put a compression uh, stocking on and then uh, see your primary care if those kinds of treatments don't help. What about trying to walk or exercise? Are you supposed to try to walk on it and keep moving to keep that circulation going? I'm so glad you asked. Please do. <laughs> I am always an advocate uh, for exercising. If you have a venous ulcer and you have proper compression on, it is not a bad thing to move around, walk around. Obviously, if you have diabetes, it's a whole other issue. Diabetic foot ulcers and things like that are different than this. A venous ulcer with proper compression, we do want you to move. We do want you to walk, and I'd love to see you at the gym. <laughs> so are these painful, Candy? They can be. They can be, but not necessarily. <laughs> no, I'm shockingly, because to me, and I'm sure to you, yeah. when you saw the... Yeah. the they uh, look very painful. The internet evidence yes. of a venous ulcer. <laughs> the internet is good and bad. <laughs> it is. I love it, but but they can be painful, and it just kind of depends on the patient. It's really different. Um, some people like you can totally like mess with it, you know, whatever, and and they don't feel a thing. And other patients are like, you can't even look at it sideways, and they're hurting. Yeah, we have a uh, pain control, a uh, topical medications, and things like that for those people, though. So, what prevention measures can you take? Prevention. I love prevention. Um. Quitting smoking. That's a great one. Smoking is a culprit for everything. I mean, it is. And I hate that because I know that it's such an addiction. But, you know, when you when I talk about quitting smoking, mostly I'm talking about, you know, reducing it and working with your doctor to get that taken care of because it is a, you know, a lifelong issue. And, you know, a lot of our elderly populations were smoking whenever smoking was cool. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it is a difficult thing. Work with your primary care doctor to quit because that is robbing your tissues of oxygen and nutrients. If you're robbing your tissues of oxygen, all the protein, all the nutrition that you're eating and trying to heal is just kind of getting robbed. You're getting like half of it, if that. Um, what I also like is uh, exercise as much as you can, eat healthy foods. I'm a super advocate. We were talking about this mm -hmm. earlier, Summer, about 
getting adequate protein, vegetables, fruit, you know, working with your doctor if you have diabetes and really watching your diet and, and being uh, cognizant of making sure you're getting adequate protein because it is the building blocks of wound healing. Yeah. And that was really interesting to me. We were talking about this a little bit before and it was something that, you know, you always hear eat healthy because it, it affects how you, your whole body. But really when you break it down, you were saying when people, when your patients eat healthier, their wounds heal better. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of simple things that we don't really think about sometimes. Well, Mm -hmm. of course they would. Right. But I just think that we hear that generic term all the time. Well, you need to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because these are specific reasons why. The mm-hmm. people that you see that are eating healthy, they're getting better results. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about the, the protein. Can you tell again why that's so important? So protein amino acids, they're the building blocks of all kinds of wound healing, muscle repair, you know, body repair, um, you, your skin, your hair, your nails, your everything is really dependent on that. Um, so you can imagine someone, so imagine you're, you've had an, an issue, you've had like a rehabilitation or you're trying to heal from something, you're trying to heal from your wound, you're trying to heal your organs, you're trying to heal your body. Uh, if you have diabetes, you're actively, your body's actively working to regulate blood sugar. All these processes in your body need nutrition to help support that at its best. Um, and in our office, like specifically me and my nurses, we are really, really, um, it's a huge focus for wound care. It's, uh, it is the, we can put all kinds of dressings on someone. We can do all kinds of cool stuff, but if the patient isn't getting adequate nutrition, there is just nothing we can do, um, to heal a wound when you're not eating. Um, so do you find that your patients are sometimes resistant to do all these things that it takes? Because I can only imagine how frustrating and depressing it must be to have to deal with a wound yes. for, you're talking eight years, you said some 40 yes. years. I mean, I can't yes. even fathom that. So do they, are they willing? Do you, do you think by the time they come to see you, they're very willing to do whatever it takes? Or do you still find some resistance? I feel like most people are super willing once they kind of get their mind up to, you know, come in and, and do this. They're super willing. And I think what it is more than anything is, you know, you, you know, you go to your doctor and you need to get your blood sugars under control. You're told to eat vegetables and fruit and blah, blah, blah. And you're healthy stuff. Um, we actually try to like give our patients examples of that. Hey, I had for breakfast you know, an omelet with, you know, egg whites and you can get them in the containers and they can be less expensive. Um, hey, if you have, you know, Greek yogurt and you like chocolate pudding, how about doing a low fat Greek yogurt and put in chocolate protein powder in that as a snack instead of something else that they could eat. And so we hopefully, um, try to give people examples like literal food examples of how they can actually improve their nutrition each time they come and visit us too. And it doesn't have to be expensive. No, it What doesn't. you offer is ways to actually do it and make it attainable for the average person, which I really think is cool. Um, you offer them, you, you were saying in, in the hall before we were on the show that you were telling people what they can buy and it doesn't have to be the most expensive stuff. No. Um, I, I'm a, huge advocate of, of just, you know, really keeping things really simple. Um, I also like to get a little, you know, crazy making protein pizza crust and stuff like that, but, um, I'll put that on my, you know, um, social media accounts sometimes. But, but if you have like a chicken, rice, you know, l- low sodium soy sauce, you can, and, and you vegetables, you can make, <clears throat> 
all kinds of healthy meals on a budget as well. So when do you need to call your provider um, regarding maybe your venous ulcer is getting really bad? What are some warning signs that you might want to be looking for? Like things don't are maybe not be going the best way possible and stuff just doesn't seem right. How do you know when to call in again? I would suggest certainly if you have redness, warmth, fever, especially those kinds of signs, certainly be calling the doctor. Are um, there any other complications that occur if you don't see to this? Uh, yes. Hospitalization, infectious, sepsis, and death. Okay. It's a serious, serious. complication. Okay. It is. And, you know, most people understand, you know, with, with uh, cellulitis um, and wounds, anytime you have an open wound in your lower extremity, anytime you have comorbid conditions, you're extremely high risk for getting an infection there and on hospitalization, IV antibiotics and things like that. Um, other signs of that, um, tightness, um, warmth, anytime you have any swelling, certainly if you think that you might have a deep vein thrombosis, things like that. But even in a lower sign, even venous dermatitis, bring that up with your doctor because they can prevent you from ever having to come see me, which was my favorite, if you never get an ulcer because you're wearing your compression stockings. What about odor and drainage and stuff? I've heard that sometimes too. Is that a warning sign or not necessarily? That would be more of a later warning sign. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if you're having any kind of odor or drainage or something like that, you really need to be getting in and talking to your primary care doctor and getting into a clinic as quickly as possible. Now, Candy, can people come to see you on their own or do they need to have a referral through their primary care? Referral through their primary care is still what we're doing. Um, we have been working on getting ostomy patients, just being able to come in and see us. Um, but any wound care patients, we're still needing a referral from their primary care doctor, which is why I say that. Talk to your primary care doctor first because they can help you maybe not have to see a wound care clinic per se, but they also will recognize, hey, it's time. So... We've been speaking today with Candy Sadler, who is a nurse practitioner with the Phelps Health Comprehensive Wound Center. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org. Thank you so much for being here, Candy. Thank you for having me.